Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. Once again, I'm Bradley and theorising that one could time travel within his own lifetime, he stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Brad, an observer from his own time who appears in the form of a hologram and can only be seen and heard by him. And so Stu finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong and hoping that each time that his next leap would be the leap home. How you doing, Stu? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. I was very good. Yeah, uh, th- takes me th- back. These intros are getting a bit silly, but hey. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in service of a good joke, can't complain. Yes. Yes. Um, I only done that because I was um, someone mentioned Quantum Leap the other day, and I was like, I loved Quantum Leap. Um, yeah, because they yeah. got it confused with something else. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, talking of leaping around, you can leap around in many video games. So I'm going to segue into what have you been playing, Stu? Yeah, so I have been playing a game where you leap around, and it's a game that's got a lot of hype already, even though there's only a demo. And that game is Sable. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, yeah. you're riding a hover bike through the desert. Yes, through uh, the comic artist Merbius's imagination, <laughs> basically, because yes. they've com- completely used his style, which is totally valid. Because a, the guy's dead, <laughs> and b, there aren't any other video games that have done it. Not, I mean, no. not exactly. I mean, you know, and he can't sue. Of... Can't sue anymore. Exactly. So. so you know, yeah. What are you going to do? Hey, what are you going to um, do, corpse? Well, it's the same as I'm going to start using the McAfee name everywhere now exactly yeah yeah Top, topical yeah did he die of a virus i don't know i just heard he died in pro- oh god there we go i've just ruined that i ruined it because i was like no i think he just died in prison oh dear. that was a very tasteless joke i won't worry about it so um <laughs> it can't swiftly. be as tasteless as my royal family joke a few months back yeah that, well, that was rough yeah <laughs> Um, yeah going back to Sable before we get you know sued by the families of the dead Um, yeah it's a very beautiful game it's like quite amazingly beautiful really in that way where if you can think if you think of like Cuphead where it's they've clearly had to put dozens and dozens of hours into you know making the the engine work in such a way that the filters work properly and yeah. the animation works properly so that it looks like a cartoon sable is kind of just it's been drawn in a way that complements that merbius style and it has a heavy line filter on the outside of it and that kind of that's enough it was just the thought to do it it you know is just as impressive as the implementation really um which is all well and good and lovely but the game itself, where the demo is just quite average, unfortunately, I have to say. Um, so it's kind of Zelda-ish. Just, you know, do a bit of exploration, get sent on little fetch quests and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's kind of like like Journey mixed with Breath of the Wild, but nowhere near as interesting as those you know comparisons would suggest i really hate to say that because it's gorgeous to look at oh. and it looks as though it's trying to avoid the pitfall of oh your only interaction with the world is is through violence it seems to be a very sort of neutral thing where you collect 
and you jump and you you know explore but you don't necessarily smash and destroy so yeah i'm hoping that the fall game introduces enough stuff and enough intelligent bits of both platforming puzzling to make it better than the demo suggests uh but yeah. that's where it, that's where it is at the moment yeah so my my whole thing on sable is i saw i think one or two trailers and went yep i'm done don't need to see anything else i i'll play this full game i don't care about demos anything i'm gonna play it full game going completely fresh yeah um now the issue with demos sometimes is sometimes it can really sell a game other times you feel that with a demo they need to hold so much back so as not to ruin the game itself that you feel maybe it was better off not putting out a demo because it doesn't show you enough of what the game is do you feel that's the case here yeah i think it could be i think it could be there's some it's also obviously very early because there's some standout bugs yeah. uh quite glitchy stuff with the jumping and and uh invisible barriers and invisible walls and stuff and you know to do with falling so they've they've clearly got some work to do so i mean the temptation to put out a demo so that you get all of that attention must be so powerful and especially during the e3 week yeah yeah i take it's in the next game fest or steam next fest whatever they called that whole demo drop thing yeah that thing yeah yeah yes definitely part of that um yeah, so we'll see. I'm definitely going to keep my eye on it. It's one of those where I'm biased towards it. So it, unless it gets actively negative reviews, I think I'll probably pick it up anyway because I want to support it. Um, I would prefer it if it gets really positive reviews, but even yeah. if they are average, I'll probably buy it anyway. So, I mean, it's a tough one, really, because I know when Hades first came about, it was getting some mixed reactions. I know I know that much. Um, and obviously, we know what happened with Hades in the end. Precisely, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've still... If I was a betting person, then I would be putting this down as going to be in a few Game of the Year contender lists um, based on what I've seen of it. Um and we'll see we'll see um hopefully the demo is just a, a small slice of what there is um and hopefully i mean you said that maybe it's a bit bland the demo so it's a case of tempering expectations maybe the demo so that when you play the full thing you are hit with the full grandeur of it grandeur could be try and get yeah. french in <laughs> yeah yeah it could well be yeah um, giving enough of a taster to make you interested but not spoiling the whole game must be such a hard balance to strike. So, yeah, completely open-minded and it's very, very beautiful and there's nothing stopping you playing the demo. Uh, there is for you because you want to go in fresh but ah. to the audience, I mean. Yeah, I'm very gone on the... I, I don't touch... Story-driven or games that are going to be trying to be something i try not to touch a demo if it's something like um a racing game or like tony hawks and like probably my most famous example of back on the playstation era was i rinsed that demo absolutely rinsed it i think i played the demo more than i played the final game yeah uh, those i'll play if it's something that's story driven in any way shape or form i tend to try and avoid it because i don't want to play it over again or i know a lot of demos now carry over your progress and stuff like that but it's like no i want the full experience in one 
but I, I've heard yours is probably not the first slightly down on it opinion I've heard, but most I've heard have been, oh my God, that's, yeah, I've touched it. It's done enough. I can't wait to play the final thing with a few people going, oh, not what I was hoping for. So it's kind of mixed, but I'm still excited for it. Cool. As well, you should be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to end up one of those things where even if it isn't, doesn't change the world in terms of gameplay, th there'll be enough fresh stuff in there to have real merit. You know, I mean, I don't think of, uh, let's say, Flower as being one of the greatest games ever made, but, it's you experience. know, yeah. Yeah, I am really glad I had that experience, even yeah. though it's not really a very good sort of in inverted commas game. So yeah, yeah. and even yeah. if it's not very good, you'll just leap into the developers' bodies and fix it. So you know, oh boy. So yeah, what have you been playing? Um, another game that actually involves quite a bit of leaping around, actually, because we will keep on theme. Um, I've been playing the Switch version of Worms Rumble. Ah. Uh, now, I played initially the PC version when it very first came out. I want to say earlier this year, but again, time has no meaning. And that's not just keeping in theme with the Quantum Leap thing. Time at the moment, <laughs> you know, the last 18 months just has no meaning at the moment. So it might have been the back end of 2020, might have been early 2021. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, Worms Rumble, I played it on Steam, really enjoyed it. But as is the nature with these things and what we do, I kind of bounced off it after a, after a few weeks, unfortunately. But I really enjoyed it. Now, for me, I jumped back into the Switch version. Like putting on a glove, I understood it all. Couple of new maps in there and, yeah, really enjoyable for me. However, however... Speaking to other people, um, Steve from who writes um, with us, he has played it on, I want to say, on Xbox. And it's all cross-play. And he said he got into it and was absolutely just rinsed in cross-play by people who have obviously sort of been playing this probably non-stop since it released. Yeah. and I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, it's Worms Aesthetic. It's a Battle Royale, 2D Battle Royale game where you leap around the map. It's not turn-based. It's just full-on death matches and things like that. A few little tweaks and stuff like that. And last one standing wins. Now, I, I tell you, I really enjoyed it. I got back into it really well. However, going on what others have said, including Steve, there's a few issues that I think are going to hold this back. Now, one of those is there doesn't seem to be any matchmaking. He's going in level one, level two against people who are sort of like way up there on the levels that are clearly experienced in this game. Right. And doesn't seem to be any proper matchmaking, which he thinks could well be down to lack of players. Which I agree with. I think if you've got a big Battle Royale game, you need thousands upon thousands playing it to get some decent levels of matchmaking going. Now, what I think holds this back is that it's a pay-for game. You've got to pay now to get entry to it. Right. Um, now, you had on PS4, you didn't, because it was part of PlayStation Plus, I believe. And obviously on Xbox, it's Game Pass, so it might sort itself. But on Switch, you've got to buy it. Yeah. And then cross-play on Switch compared to others... I think you're hampered a little bit. I don't know because I'm playing this slightly visually impaired at the moment. So I don't know if it's my performance or or whether it's um, a switch impairment. Uh -huh. 
which was the case with things like Apex Legends and Fortnite and stuff like that. You struggle being on the Switch compared to those. And we noticed that because, again, with the Fortnite on the Switch, if I was the lead platform or the lead uh, the leader of the group and my son was playing via his Xbox, he would just rinse absolutely everyone um, and we'd win as a team because we was against Switch players. So I think there is a bit of that. Now, if you're making a Battle Royale game, I don't think you should be doing a paid entry into it. I think it has to be free to play. Um, and then supported with a battle pass. Yeah. As much as, you know, we don't like that in paid for games. Yeah, this shouldn't be a paid for game. I think it needs to be free to play. There's, but I, I see why they've gone for paid for entry because I think free to play is such a negative connotation to it. I was going to compare it to something, but I don't think I will because it's it's kind of um, making out the thing I was going to compare it to to be not as major as what it is, so I won't. But I think it's such a, such a negative connotation to free-to-play that some people just want to avoid it. When you're Team 17, who have got such a good reputation, I think they want to avoid it, which is a shame because, all in all, Worms Rumble is still a really fun game and I'm really enjoying it. But for brand new players, yeah, I think the paid for barrier to entry with getting rinsed by level whatever it is, people playing it can possibly suck some fun out of it. So, but it's a tough one. I don't want to dump on it because I'm really enjoying it. But I was in there from the very beginning. But it it is something that others might struggle with, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, and it's not a Worms game. I don't know who it's aimed at. It's not a Worms game that traditionalists have played or would like. So, and new people probably don't really care that much about the Worms brand. Precisely. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's like yeah. a 3D. Yeah. I mean, like like we said last week, you, you've got to be very cautious about where you where you land in the market, you know, and, and what device you land on. And if you if you're going for Switch. And you're going for that kind of IP and so much competition, it would be better to just. You have to be very careful, especially on the Switch, where you're already paying for the online functionality uh, in a way that, you know, you're not really for. You know, like Game Pass and, and the, the PS Plus are such more of a value add than yeah. what, the, what they provide on the Switch that. Then having more of a barrier to entry on top of that, oh, you know, yeah, bit dodgy. And then when you look at Tetris ninety nine, you can pick games out in that still within seconds. Yeah, as I said, it's a fun game. It's an I I I enjoy it. You know, if I was reviewing this and giving it a score, I'd be giving it a good eight out of ten because it's fun. But yeah. it's like it's kind of like you look at things I said like certain Splinter Cell releases where you look at DMC Devil May Cry they are bloody good games Hitman Absolution it's a good game just not good games in their franchises and this is maybe this should have been made with a new IP or something um, could they have brought back, I don't know, Micromaniacs from Codemasters and used that in some way? I, do, I don't know. Um, I, I, I really enjoy it, but I can see why Worms fans are put off. I can see why you people might be put off. Um, it's one of those games I think we're going to look back in 
in years to come and go, do you know what? It was a good game with the wrong IP at the wrong time. Yeah, and that seems to happen a lot more with uh, online games than it mm. does. I mean, there are dozens that have been left by the wayside that are probably absolutely fine. And if they'd built a player, game, a player base, they could have developed in something brilliant. But for one reason or another, they just landed at the wrong time or at the wrong price or on the wrong format and they were buggered. Yeah. If you can get it, play it on Game Pass. That's that's what I can say. I, d- I don't want to yeah. get rid of like potential sales for Team 17 because, uh, again, as a, as a uh, publisher, they deserve whatever they get coming to them in a positive way. Uh, but I would say at this time, dip your toes in on the Xbox Game Pass version. If you really like it, then support them on the Switch. Yeah, it's a it's a very, very good game. Just need to get over, I think, the first couple of hours um, to get used to it and accept you're going to lose. Yes, yeah. So, that's my first game. What have you been playing apart from leaping around in... I forgot what you was playing. That's ADHD. <laughs> well, don't worry, I'd forgotten the name of it. So, it's Sable. Yeah. Sable, yes. <laughs> so, on the advice of some guy, I'm not sure who, uh, I picked up uh, the Solitaire Conspiracy. Oh, I wouldn't play that game. No? No. No, not for you, no? No. no Garbage? Please no. tell me more. Please tell me more, because I love that game. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. I got it really, 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 really cheap, because I had £2.50 credit, and it was already, like, ludicrously cheap at whatever it was, seven ninety nine. Yeah. So, for £5.50, I mean... Goodness me. So, I'm not going to even just bother describing the game because you did it only a week ago. Or the only thing I had is, that, yeah, I just, just thought it was great. I would, I was immediately like, oh, they should do like a proper physical version of that. And then I thought, oh, do you know what? Managing all those decks of cards would be a right blooming nightmare. And how'd you <laughs> but, get Greg um, Miller around your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Get him to uh, do his BMX in, in the corner. Um, Where did, what did you think of Greg Miller's performance, by the way? Uh, to be honest, I didn't watch much. It, it seemed quite good, but I, I don't watch a lot of cutscenes. I yeah, tend to skip them. So, um, But it seemed all right. Yeah, so uh, it, it's just fantastic. It looks great. It's really clear. The, like you said, the instructions could be a little bit more you know transparent a bit easier to follow and the um what the the various factions uh powers are um it's a little bit awkward sort of flipping in and out to see what they what they do and the way that they're described isn't that clear going through all that makes it sound like i'm really down on it but i'm not at all and there's a lot of nuance considering that there's only a few factions uh, in so basically classes of cards there's a lot of nuance with it and you get to really mess with that yeah i mean goodness me for the price alone it would be worth it but even at full price i'd probably pay it it's it's one of the best of that kind of game i've ever played i'd say yeah and i i keep forgetting this um and what people need to understand uh, this was never put out as a full game this was a short yeah so mike biffle short he's done these before and it's grown since it was a, its initial release. It was just a short time waster in a way, just an experiment. And it's just, it puts yeah. many other games, especially big AAA games, to shame in its production quality. It's its the way it takes you through the game. Um, and it makes the story worth a damn for me personally. And the mechanics, the way it introduces mechanics, said, yeah, you know, we talk about that it could be maybe some more ideas of what each faction's doing because it can get a bit on top of you. But, oh, 
it's yeah i i i'm i'm gonna be quiet because i'll go on for another half hour about it i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah no Quiet. it's it yeah it's it's a designer who clearly knows like not just good game design in terms of like the ludology the play mechanics but also in visual design you know yeah because it just it draws you in because it's it's fantastic and the, the theme around it is great and um yeah for sure it's just one of those that transcends its initial spec and i, and I would be really surprised if there wasn't a a full sequel I mean I know that he's added lots of extra DLC and additions and stuff um, but I would be really surprised if there wasn't another release like a full release uh, um, sequel I'm going to argue that I don't think there will be and I don't think there should be yeah Mike Biffle he's very much a one and done Um, he's not followed up Thomas Was Alone Dungeon Wick Hex I don't think there'll be a follow up to that uh, a couple of his shorts, there was kind of was, but not as such. I I, I don't. I think he does an idea. He goes right. That's it. I'm done with it. I don't think he rams an idea into the ground. And I, I yes, I can see why people would want a follow up um, and a more in depth version of that game with you know maybe smoothing out some of the mechanics a bit more. But at the same time, as an experience. I think he's done with it, and I don't think a sequel could do it justice. So, I, you know, as much as it's one of those where I go, I'd love to see it, I also go, uh, I'm happy if he leaves it at that. Cool, yeah, no, fair enough. Well, if they don't, then I really hope that they bring out lots of uh, DLC packs, because I will happily buy them. It's got daily runs. Yeah, I want to support him, that's the thing. I, I'd, I'd happily... Yeah support anything Mike Biffle puts out you know I don't know let's let's do a Thomas was alone crossover Greg Why X not? Thomas yeah. something yeah. like that I don't know but yeah it's lightning in a bottle this game Mike Biffle seems to do that it's I know a lot of people were down on um, John Wick X for example as a thing but tell me a better John Wick game um and yeah you can't <laughs> Yeah. That shouldn't have worked. It did. Volume was amazing as well. You know, it's the man. When you show people Thomas was alone, you showed them John Wick Hex, you showed them Solitaire Conspiracy and go, that's all the same developer. You kind of go, no. Nah. <laughs> what? I know. It's not, it's not like my other favourite developer, Sam Barlow, where you look at a Sam Barlow game and go, yeah, that's a Sam Barlow game. Yeah. You kind of can't look at a game and go, that's a Mike Biffle game, unless you're just doing it on quality. Um, he's so many good ideas and I can't wait to see what he does next full game or short and the fact this came straight up like within weeks of John Wick Hex is just amazing that he was able to produce that and a high quality title like John Wick Hex as well yeah fantastic can't wait for his next thing no and can I have that one for free as well please Mike I I can't stain you that's what all the kids say now isn't it I can't stain you any more than what I'm doing now I've not heard that one, but then I am old. So, so apparently, so when you stand someone, it's do you know Eminem's um, Stan? Oh, Stan! I thought you were saying stand. Oh, oh yeah, stand. yeah, 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 yeah. Like stalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. That. I know that one. I mean, I like Biff, Mike Biffle so much. I've put his pregnant wife into the boot of a car, and I'm gonna drive it off a bridge. I would walk that one back a little bit because <laughs> that could really get you in trouble. Well, clearly I'm not. I don't even know if he's got a pregnant wife. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you do. She's stuck in the back of your car. <laughs> she's stuck in the back of a boot, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Dido. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dido aside, what else have you been playing? Um, I don't even know how I can segue that. Well, yeah, if I have driven his wife off the bridge in the back of a car and it goes wrong, I can always have another go at it, just like a roguelike. That'll do. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, but I've been playing Roguebook, which is... Right. I know you don't play a lot of um, deck-building games. They're not exactly your genre. But you've heard of Slade Aspire and Monster Train and things like that, yeah? Yes, I even tried Monster Train because it was on Game Pass. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Everyone else who's into any kind of deck building or roguelike knows Slade Aspire. It's the pinnacle of the deck building genre, shall we say, the roguelike deck building genre. Now, Roguebook is by the devs of, I'll pronounce this wrong, I've heard some people pronounce it Fairy, I pronounce it Feria which was a deck-building fantasy-style game, very much like Slade Aspire in a different environment, but also by the Magic the Gathering creator, Richard Garfield. Now, obviously, everyone's heard of Magic the Gathering. Yep. Which started the whole deck-building thing, really. And just to clarify, it may not have started it. It definitely popularised it. We'll say it that much. Uh, just he's name on it. It's made that, yeah, intriguing to this. Now... It takes a lot of the elements of Slade Aspire, Monster Train, any deck builder, and it does those really well. It's kind of got, but it's kind of instead of having this point to point map that you go on where it's predetermined you can just choose a route, it's kind of got this open map with hexagonal spaces that I open up further the more you do and stuff like that, which is interesting. So it's not as linear as Slade Aspire in terms of its progression. And it is still roguelike. So every time you sort of go back, you get a new map that is randomly generated. And where this differs is instead of taking like one character that you choose into battle, you kind of have two. So you have like a, a front and a back mechanism as well that can be attacked. So generally the AI opponents will attack your front one, uh, but you can use someone from the back to then be a tank at the front. Um, and defend and stuff like that. And obviously, the, they each, each character has their own card set. Um, and you've got to consider the synergy between them. And there's like, I want to say, six characters you can choose from. And you take two into each run. So it's done like that. So synergy is important, not just between individual card decks, but how they synergize between characters as well. Um, and then there's these gems that you can get that you can then put into cards to upgrade them in certain ways. So it's got its own sort of like uh, currency system, all internal, nothing sort of like sort of like pay to win. Although there apparently was some controversy over DLC, I didn't get that personally. But I think I started playing it after that was all fixed and sorted out, apologised for and what have you. But yeah, it's got its own internal currency. So as you win, you get some currency possibly. Use that for gems and upgrade the cards. Now, I don't think it's as instantly playable as Slay the Spire or Monster Train or other games in it, you know, in the genre. So for anyone who's never played before, I don't think you're just going to jump into this and just go, oh yeah, I get this. I think you need to have played something a bit easier to understand first, such as Slay the Spire. But anyone who's played those will get plenty from this. 
there was a bit of pushback. It is early access still, I believe. Or it might not be early access, but it's still being tuned. It's kind of one of those type things. But I'm really enjoying it, just not as much as Slade Aspire. But then that, for me, is still the pinnacle of, of this genre. But it's got lots of good hooks. Um, I, I liken the back and forth. Um, so the back and front defending and attacking to what you get in Steam World Heist. No, not Steam World Heist. The other Steam World game Dig. was a deck builder. No, not Dig. It was a deck building version on the Steam World game. Yeah, it wasn't Heist because that was a turn-based type thing. That was, Yeah, I, I can't remember. It was a Steam World game. Quest? Quest, yes, Steam World Quest. Well done. Good Googling on the fly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I was checking my notes, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. you've played it. You know, exactly Yeah, oh, what yeah, yeah. I played that. everything, me. Yeah. yeah. So it's got a bit more of that about it, or Darkest Dungeon, the way that uses, like, the back and forth type thing. So maybe a bit of that in there as well, more leans towards that. But yeah, it's really enjoyable. Needs some balancing for me. Um, I will go back and play more of it. It's not best in class but it's good enough cool yeah no i i was actually on the internet because i wanted to see roadbook i wanted to see a video of it because it's passed me by for some bizarre reason i'd not even heard of it It wasn't even on my radar Mm. which is odd for such a big release from such a you know a a as garfield is kind of thing not that garfield not the lasagna garfield well he he might hate mondays as well Yeah, yeah yeah he probably does yeah you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, it, it looks really pretty. Uh, it, like, visually, it's gorgeous. Yeah, you can see, I don't know if, you're, if you've seen, like, when you look at screenshots, you can definitely see the Slade Aspire-esque influences. I don't want to say influences, oh, yeah. because I don't want to say Slade Aspire, in, you know, inspired Richard Garfield, for crying out loud, when Richard Garfield probably inspired Slade Aspire, but you can see elements of what Slade Aspire is based on what Richard Garfield has probably made with Magic the Gathering, and how that's then come full circle into this, I suppose. It's all there. Well, yeah, and he'll have just he'll have come up with the concept and then handed it over to the depart, you know, the programmers who have just gone, yeah, well, this art style's popular. Let's use this. Yeah, but I'm looking at Slay the Spire, which I don't know very well, and it's nowhere near as pretty. No, Slay the Spire is not a pretty game. Uh, well, it is, but not as pretty as this. It's for me mechanically better, but opinions and all that and ourselves oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. That's why we don't score games. But if I did, Slay the Spire would be getting a, a 9 out of 10. And Rogue Book, I would probably give an 8.5 out of 10. 8.9, I don't know. It's just slightly not as good as Slay the Spire, but it's still bloody good. So this is why you don't normally do scores, you see? No, because scores are ridiculous. Because one is technically better than the other, in my opinion. Both are brilliant. How'd you score that? You know, so yeah. Exactly. Um, scores are rubbish. Roadbook's decent. Not as good as Slade Aspire. But again, your mileage may vary. I know some people who prefer this based on what I've looked around the internet just to make sure I wasn't completely off with my opinion. I always like to have a little <laughs> look and go, at least I'm not going against the grain. <laughs> and that's how I found out about the DLC controversy. And I'm still not quite sure what it was. It apparently made it easier for some people, but it's not a competitive game. So... Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed it. it. balanced right to me. 
I, I didn't get confused with my ADHD, which is a good thing. So it must have yeah. the mechanic. The mechanics must be technically sound as well. So yeah, all good, all good. Awesome. Um, so this is only a short one this week um, due to timings and stuff like that. But one thing I do want to touch on, on I suppose the mental health side of things, is guilt when it comes to gaming. Now you're aware of my my stance on Ubisoft, Stu? Yes. Yeah, very much so. And I won't buy their games. However, I was kindly gifted um, Scott Pilgrim, which is a game I absolutely adore. Um, and I put off buying, but I was gifted it. And I didn't want to say no, because that's mean. And I do love the game, but it's an Ubisoft game. And I refused to buy an Ubisoft game, but it was gifted to me. So I kind of had to do... I, I, you can almost hear, I suppose you can almost hear in the way I'm describing it now the conflict i had in my own head over this game <laughs> and guilt I, I kind of do you know in the simpsons where homer's got a lobster that he looks after and it dies but he's eating it and he's crying but really loving it <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah i i, I don't condone ubisoft and i'm not going to suddenly start buying the next assassin's creed or watchdogs or whatever but I don't know. I really love this game, but it was gifted to me. And yeah, what, what I mean, do as, I do, Stu? As far, as far as I'm concerned, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. I mean, you know, the general maxim is there's there's no ethical consumption under consumerism. There's no way you can be completely whiter than white. You can't engage in a society that's essentially corrupt which is what you know the western world is and stay completely pure all you gotta do is just be set your own ethics and and stick to them as much as possible without being a hypocrite and you know i think that's good enough to be honest and you've not given them the money you know but you uh, somebody has given some money that the developers who probably deserve the money uh, yeah. will be seeing some of so you know swings and roundabouts yeah, and it's 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 kind of one of those. I mean, have you ever had, have you ever had anything like that, like in the entertainment industry, where just you're guilt racked or just guilt ridden by something, but still want to consume it and enjoy it? Only every other week, you know. <laughs> oh my god, just about everything, everything has has some sort of problem with it. There's only a tiny selection of really small developers where there's not some sort of issue. Whether the, you know, the 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 main developer guys turns out to be a pedo or you know they're they're stealing money off their massive, you know fan massive base racists huge racist yeah. sexists everything you know and that's the problem when they get over a certain size they're going to be dealt with like that and that doesn't mean that I just hand wave it uh, in for, unfortunately in my case it means that I uh, fret over this stuff quite a lot yeah uh, so it, it, yeah no it's a constant problem. Yeah, and it's I mean I mean the easiest one for me to I mean to get rid of, and it's gonna be a shame because I think the game looks like it's gonna be good, but it's like the how I won't touch anything Harry Potter. I was never you know enjoyed the films to be honest with you, they was fine when I watched them, but screw J.K. Rowling. Um, if she never earns a penny again, then good. Yep. But it's, it's but then you kind of go play to a Warner Brothers are supporting. Uh, you know, how far do you take your boycotts and stuff like that? Because do I boycott Warner Brothers because they're supporting her? No. 
you know, I must say I'm okay with EA and their practices because I'll still play their games and some people will look at EA and go, no, they are the worst of the worst. You know, obviously they were the worst company in America for, what, three years on the bounce at one point? Yeah. Uh, which is a, you know, fair play. That's impressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've almost got to applaud that level of, yeah. Call of Duty, I'll still play Call of Duty. And Bobby Kotick's the worst person in the world. Yeah. In a financial point of view, you know, a capitalist point of view, he is absolutely the worst. And you kind of look at where do you draw that line? Uh, you know, we go beyond that. You know, I absolutely will not touch the sun, newspaper or anything around it. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to, con- you know, condemn someone else who lives in ethics for buying it. Um, you know, I don't think anyone should buy right-wing papers as it is for any of them. But people do. I won't. I won't take advantage of their bloody holiday deals, uh, which is a shame. I wish someone else would actually do a decent holiday deal uh, because I have little money and it'd be nice to go on holiday in this country. Yeah. Go to Alton Towers for like a fiver, but nope, not not fire them. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. But, yeah, it, it's... When like I I let guilt get hold of me way too much, and then sort of like it's like I I want to play and enjoy this game and I can't I'm not going to enjoy it but I want to because I love the game and yeah it's just you just go in your head constantly yeah um, yeah no it does make you think about it and it just you know it shows that you're a decent human being I would say that you know it's it's slightly easier when the product itself is uh, a pleasant one. Um, it's much easier with the sun because everyone behind it's a monster and the product itself is absolutely monstrous. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? If you buy that, you've really got no excuse and there's lots of products like that. Um, it, you know, you get into real murky areas with stuff like, you know, food, particularly meat, you know. It, it, yeah. I'm not even going to touch that one. But, you know... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think- st- I still shop at Tesco's and I'm sure there's probably some unethical practices going on there and... Exactly. But, you know, you have to draw the line somewhere. You can't just torture yourself with this stuff. Um, no. But I think if you can, if you can sort of make sure that you don't directly support companies that are awful, you know, if there's any way, like if they have a competitor whose product you can use instead, or, you know, you can get that, that product second hand so they don't receive any of the money, um, you know, uh, yeah then, you know, do it if you can. But if you can't, then don't worry about it too much. That's my advice. Yeah. Or sit there rocking for a day and a half because you you, you don't know how to feel. That's my <laughs> advice because yeah. that's what I did. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you see, it is nice and easy. When it's just like a single developer and they turn out to be a massive racist whatever, Yeah. then, yeah, you can go, oh, I just won't play that game. Um, that's easy yeah. enough to get avoid, but when it's um, like I mean, Scott Pilgrim's a weird one because it wasn't initially part of Ubisoft. It was like a, it was on Xbox Live Arcade, and I can't remember who published it or whether it was just like independently published anyway. But then obviously the re-release, Ubisoft got it, and they're just publishing the re-release, and it's just like I don't know. So you kind of got nothing's just simple. Nope. <laughs> if Eguemo could just hurry up and clean house and resign and whatever and step down and let someone else take over it would be a lot easier yeah yes i do wish that there was and this will be my final point on this but i do wish that more companies would think about you know 
staying on their own and not selling out or, yeah. or combining with another smaller company because it seems to be you know the dream to make your company large enough so that it sells and I'm just like well that's just purely about money whereas you mm-hmm. could you could do it so that it's still about money but it's also about the creative ideal and just do that by marrying yourself to you know like a devolver or somebody like that instead of an EA or an Activision yeah. Evolver and, Curve Team 17 yeah yeah there's, there's um, dozens, any of those dozens, yeah yeah just do that, you know. Yeah, you're not going to have as big a payday, but you're still going to be driving a Ferrari at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yes, because all, all the um, the games, independent games developers, are driving Ferraris. Yeah, that's all um, that... in their bootleg co- in their bootleg copy of Outrun. <laughs> yeah, that's what they want. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're driving a, a, a second-hand Fiat, possibly at most. But, oh um, yeah, most of them. Yeah. yeah, see, I don't blame. I get why developers do it. I'm not going to go on about it because I was going to keep this short. But I get why developers do it. Why they go for the big payday because they don't know where the next one could come from. But the uh, yeah, the Ubisofts, the Activisions, the CEOs, screw them. Yep, right there with you. And on that, you can leap in and you can fix it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll have to think of how I can do that. Actually, to be fair, I have lots of ideas on how to fix it. It's just nobody would ever give me the opportunity because it would mean they get less money. So, um, yeah. Anyway. Before we go, can we just finish that on, do you reckon Don't Nod should make a Quantum Leap game? That would be amazing. Yeah, I suppose it would. Yeah. Yeah, it would work very well. Now I'll let you finish. I'll stop interrupting properly this time. Yeah, sure, you. Um, there was also, I wanted to, to mention just before we go, that I remembered the game I was thinking about last week, which was Not a Hero, when I was trying to describe it Oh, so yeah, badly. that's brilliant, that game. I love yeah. that game. Completed it twice. It didn't even make the edit, I don't think, um, in the end. So this will probably be pointless. But I was trying to think of a game name, and it was Not a Hero. So Yes, from yeah. Roll7, brilliant game. Yeah, it's a good game. Yeah. So, as usual, follow us on all the socials, consume our content on YouTube, make sure you're following us on Twitter specifically, support us on Patreon if you can or if you feel inclined, and or pay on coffee and just, you know, stop Brad's house getting repossessed, that sort of thing. And, no, it's honestly, money wouldn't go towards that. I pay for that, you know. I I keep him in uh, trousers and... uh, food and stuff like that um no i don't <laughs> really don't know where i probably should i really don't know where i'm going with this but anyway for the rest of you don't have to you know keep brad in the style to which he's accustomed have a great week stay safe and stay safe